You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about pricing your products and services and how to determine the best price points for your audience and your business. That's a little bit later, but first up is our success interview, and I'm really excited about our conversation today. I got to talk to this woman a little bit while ago and learned so much, and I know you're in for a real treat. Today, we're talking with speaker, entrepreneur, and coach, Diane Halfman. Diane helps people reset their space and live the spa life. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation, so make sure you get out your pen and paper, take notes, and welcome, Diane. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm really excited. I know you've got an incredible story and have just built an amazing business. I'd love to start our conversation by having you share just a little bit about yourself and your background and how you started your company. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely had uh, different starts than than most. Uh, I actually was a San Diego police officer for 10 years, and I worked uh, patrol as well as undercover in gangs and narcotics and vice. And what that allowed me to experience was that I've been in thousands of homes. And so I got to see kind of the behind the scenes of how people were living and what was supporting them and not supporting them in their lives. And particularly, I could see, like, their environment. So I coined a term called the clutter-to-drama ratio, and that was where, you know, the more clutter and lack of systems and things that people were experiencing uh, in their home, they also were having, you know, a lot more drama. Police were being called to their home. Things weren't working in their life. And so I also began to see that the reverse was true, that as you started having more clarity and systems in your space, your mindset was more clear, and you were much more productive. Wow. I I love that, that you took something you were doing and really looked at what was going on, and then that helped you create your business. Yes. And I noticed that there was, you know, a a real need for people to have some systems and structures in their life and that it wasn't something that we were taught in school. I mean, no one really taught people how to organize and what was an efficient way to, you know, manage your day and to really start looking at those things. So as I retired from the department, more and more people were asking me about my systems. And so I started, you know, stepping into my business and and helping people set that up. And I was naturally drawn towards you know, the entrepreneurs, because they were working out of their home 
primarily and really having those distinctions in their space of, you know, what was work time, what was workspace, how was I being supported and running a family. Mm-hmm. So were systems and being organized something that you always did or how did you learn those skills? You know, there were, were several ways. I mean, I think there's so many learning opportunities in our life. For one, my mother's a very organized person and had systems, so I definitely was, uh, had some modeling there. And then, you know, we learned a lot of systems uh, through the, the police department and training. Um, mm-hmm. There were a lot of, of routines and things that were predictable that um, were results that were very helpful. And then as I retired, when I went into my, uh, my master's with human resources with an emphasis on structures and systems. So there were multiple layers of how that worked. But more often than not, I've been, I've been doing this for, you know, over 25 years and just working with people and making adjustments because not every system works for somebody. There's a good foundation, but then there's little tweaks that really support each other. And then I could see over time, these were the key things that, that really help people. Mm-hmm. So how do you get people to realize that, they need those systems and that those systems will work. I think sometimes people just figure that they're not a, they're not an organizer, they're not a systems person and it just, they don't even try. Right. You know, um, I always say I only work with the willing, so there has to be some <laughs> awareness around that, that you need some support around that. You know, typically uh, what will have someone have a conversation with me is that they know that what they're doing is not working. They're having frustration in their life. They're maybe feeling overwhelmed. They're working harder, but they are not working smarter or making inroads in what it is that they're doing. And they know that there's a better way. And mm-hmm. so really just saying, you know what, let's just give this a, a try. Let's just move in this direction and do it in, um, in bite-sized pieces that, that one will shift their life, but also make a difference. And I always tell them, I said, you know, you can always go back to the way it was before, but, you know, we can't expect, you know, change doing the same things that we know aren't working. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what kind of results, can you give us an example of a client or two and maybe a, some, you know, how you got them to make the shift and what kind of results those led to? Yeah, actually, I have a couple. Um, one in particular, I had a client that uh, was working on a project that she had actually had on her desk for, for five months. And she was just kind of pushing it around, had multiple projects, was finding herself getting really distracted. Well, one of the principles that I teach people is that, you know, especially there needs to be a a creative element that people do. And in order to be really, truly creative, you need to have space and clarity. So really having a workspace that supports you because subconsciously we can be drawn away to all the other things that are around us because our environment really impacts us. So one of the things that we did was we just removed the things that were around her desk that were distracting her and that were not keeping her focused so that she could just concentrate on this one particular project. And the project that had been sitting on her desk for five months was something that she actually completed in 45 minutes when she just sat down and made that happen. And that uh, actually uh, resulted, just that project being done, actually tripled her business. I mean, it was very profound of what had happened. And, you know, it's just, it just shows that sometimes some you know, very small things can shift and change. Um, I also had a client who uh, had no systems to her inbox. You know, a lot of people talk about email and you know, what do you keep and not keep and how do you find things. And you know, when she 
finally got her systems together uh, in her computer, she realized that she was missing business, people that were actually contacting her for business that she had missed. Um, and, you know, those were thousands of dollars that she um, was losing by not connecting with them and, and was able to come around and do that. Mm-hmm. So really looking at how your space and your environment is really supporting, you know, your business. Very interesting. So, so I want to go back to the first one first, and then I want to definitely come back to the email one because I think that's something people have a lot of challenges with. What kind of response did she have when that project had been sitting there for, 45, for five months, yet in 45 minutes it was completed? That's got to be a, a huge shock. It was, you know, it was definitely a big wake up call, you know, for her because, you know, she said some of the things that a lot of my clients will be like, well, you know, that project, it, it doesn't distract me. I, I just ignore it. It's not, you know, bothering me. And, and you know, I, uh, it doesn't, you know, just the things that are in people's space, they don't realize that it can just, you know, even five minutes away from something can really take you down a path that it can take much more time to get back where you're at. And I think people don't really make that association that, you know, if we lost five minutes a day, that's 30 hours a year. So Mm -hmm. when we look at these little distractions that start happening and how they can add up, uh, it really, it's pretty profound. So it's really having, creating those structures and those boundaries to have those focused times to really take advantage of that we create how the experience of our day is. And if we don't have those structures, I mean, how many times have people had a day where, you know, they've, uh, hours have gone by and they're not even sure what they did during that time, right? right? So a lot of it's around that awareness. Very interesting. <clears throat> so what was that statistic again? Five minutes a day? is 30 hours a year. Wow. That's a lot mm-hmm. of time. That doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like much. So when people right. are kind of saying, oh, you know, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, it doesn't matter. That really starts to add up. It does. And, you know, when you think about it, if you could keep that all together, I mean, 30 hours, that could be a vacation, that could be time with your family, that could be, you know, finishing a book. I mean, there's just so many different things that could happen during that time when we're really efficient. And, you know, it's not about the working all day and all along, because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we tend to think sometimes we're open 24-7. However, with structures, you know, you can really focus your time and really have impact and get things done and then, you know, really enjoy other areas of your life as well. Mm-hmm. Well, they always say, you know, look, give, give a project to a busy person and they'll get it done. Um, because you tend to really, you really have to balance your time. It's one thing that I have been talking to a lot of people about is time blocking and figuring out what do you want to do and what should you do? Because I know we talked a little bit, you know, that's one of the things that we do with, with Turn Knowledge to Profit is help people create their products, programs, and services because so many people say they want to do it and they do, but they just don't have the time. And sometimes we don't have the tools to do it. So it's, it might be good to outsource. So how do you, peop- how do you help people? determine whether they should do it or how they should outs- or if they should outsource? Well, you know, it's a great question. I mean, I think people, you know, really review that on a regular basis. But I think the thing that really supports them in that is, one, do you like doing it? You know, mm-hmm. if you're, you're continually each day doing something you don't like to do, I mean, are you really the best person for that? I mean, are you, it's probably taking you longer to do it. And so I think it's really important to determine, like, what are the top, you know, three things that you excel at? I mean, is it connecting with people? Is it the speaking? Is it the selling? Like, what part is that? And then it, everything else should be delegated. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you really should not be spending your time doing those things, especially if you don't like it. That's a great um that's a great thing to remember. I think oftentimes we think we have to do it and we, you know, force ourselves to do it or we keep shuffling on the desk. I know I was doing a number of things at that and it's like, wait a minute, I keep putting it aside. There's a reason I'm doing that. Either <laughs> something's missing or I need support or maybe it's something that I just don't think is really that important. If it is, I would get to it and do it. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of times, you know, in the mind of an entrepreneur is that, you know, you'll sit there and, and there's almost sometimes this mind game. There's a mental aspect to business where, you know, you sometimes think, well, oh, I should do that. Or, you know, oh, that won't take that much long to, you know, time to do it or something along those lines. But, you know, you really have to look at, you know, why do we feel like we, we need to do it? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have to do anything. I mean, we're, we're it's creating the kind of experience that we want to have. And so we can choose what it is that we want to do. So when we start hearing things like, well, I should do that, or, or the energy of doing something just feels really heavy and not fulfilling, you really mm-hmm. want to look at that bigger picture and go, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's really, really um, interesting. We need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about creating and and living the spa life. That's really intriguing to me. We need to take a real quick break, so stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. In our success interview today, we're talking with speaker, entrepreneur, and coach Diane Halfman. Diane is someone who helps people reset their space and live the spa life. And if you missed our conversation before the break, you need to go back and listen to it. Diane's got an amazing story and really helps people create the systems and structures that they need to be successful. And she gave us some great examples of someone who had been working had a project on their desk for five months, and in 45 minutes, they got it done and tripled their business. How would you like to do that? So, Diane, I'm just fascinated with what you're doing, and I'd love to have you talk just a little bit about what it means when you say you help people reset their space and live the spa life. I think that's something everyone would like is to live a spa life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for asking. So when I refer to, you know, spa life, you know, most people have an experience or or they can imagine when you walk into a spa, that sense of how you feel in that space. 
you know, that's mm-hmm. just that, ah, oh, and it's just that relaxation. And it's almost like you can just leave any baggage at the door mm-hmm. and just really take care of yourself. And so what I would like people to do is to be able to kind of bottle up that feeling and that energy and be able to take it into their daily life and experience the spa life. And what I would like that to have happen is that for each you know, room and aspect of your life to really create the experience that you want to have there. So for instance, when you're walking into your bedroom, you know, is that space something that really elicits deep sleep, that relaxation? Is it your sanctuary? When you're in your office, does it really inspire you to be your best and be productive and really get things done in there? Is it a profitable space for you? And like in your kitchen, you know, is that a place where you're feeling nourished and you're having connection with family? So a lot of people don't really look at how their space really infects, you know, impacts them in the way that it does. So that is really the thrust that I have people look at in how they want to experience their life and how they create their spa life is by looking at their environment. And, you know, there's a series of uh, like nine different elements that I have them look at. And when I have them look at how they can reset the reset system that I have, it's a five-step process that has people look at each one of their spaces in terms of, you know, removing things that, that don't serve them, that don't work for them, whether it's papers uh, or mindset or anything that is not happening. I have them evaluate and learn the tools of how to know what to keep and, and what to let go of in their space. Um, the S in the reset is to systemize, to create the system that works for you. And then it's important to, you know, experience the ease of that system. Is it working for you? Do you need to make some tweaks around that? And then finally, the T is to track and maintain. And this is where uh, people a lot of times need a little bit more support is, you know, they can maybe clear the decks, but they really need to create those systems and habits and structures to really maintain those and to be able to track things in a way that support them in the long haul. Interesting. When you talk about um, the feeling with the spa life, um, that really resonates because I know a while ago we redid our bedroom and it just, it's such a peaceful sanctuary. It looks beautiful, you know, and make sure the bed's made every day. And it's just a nice place to walk into. It's kind of that where you can take that deep breath and you just like, uh, just, you feel like you're home. Um, but I hadn't thought about it quite that way with all the other rooms in the house. I bet that could um, really shift a lot of things. It does. You know, and it actually gives you an opportunity to see how do you want to actually experience your home and your space? Because for some people, you know, uh, you know, what may have been like, well, this is supposed to be a living room or this is supposed to be an office. You know, it may not be how you feel about that room and that space. Like I know a lot of clients don't actually work in their office because it's not a room that inspires them, you know, and so you may Wait want a minute. to choose a different peeking? area. Are you peeking <laughs> on me? I like to work at our kitchen. It's got a beautiful counter and I love to work there. <laughs> right. So it's interesting though, but it's, it's, you know, when you really find like what is the space in your home that really inspires you to do your work, like what mm-hmm. is it about that space? So when you're sitting there, is it because you can look out and see a beautiful view and it inspires you? You know, is it brighter? Is it, you know, what is it in that space that's supporting you? Because those are the things you want to create. You don't want to work in your office because you feel like I'm supposed to because that's the office when you don't get any work done in there, right? So you have to look at how is that space supporting you in your, in your end game and your goals. 
Interesting. That's a question I'd love to have um, all of our listeners answer um, on our Facebook page, because I'd love to know how your space supports you. Um, Because I bet a lot of people that would really impact their productivity and their results if they really got comfortable and really had a space they loved working in. Right, it's huge. I mean, even even as like a student, like uh, you know, uh, one of my daughters just loves to do her her work at Starbucks. She likes the the mix of people and being you know the the music and the speaking, and and she gets her best setting done in that environment. You know, uh, for me, I like it quiet. You know, I like to be able when I'm really having a conversation with someone. I don't like to be distracted with other things. Uh, but you know, it just really depends on you know you really do notice, in fact, I really uh, encourage people to really pay attention, when are they in the flow in their business? What's the time of day? You know, where are they and where are they most productive? Because those spaces and that feeling that that elicits for them, they, it's repeatable. It, it's something that they can do and over and over again because it works. And so when they really get that formula down, then they can be productive and profitable much quicker because their space is supporting them to be in that flow. Hmm. So when you ask people that question or whatever form you ask that question in, can most people answer that or they really have to stop and take a step back and figure out what that is? You know, it's a little mix of both. I mean, a lot of times people intuitively know a space that's not working for them, but then they kind of start getting to that mindset of, well, it's my office. I, I should mm-hmm. be able to work in here or, you know, that's something that would support me. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where really very quickly someone can really determine that. In fact, uh, a great exercise for people to do is to just stand in each room of their home and actually just close your eyes. And just for even 30 seconds, just be quiet for a moment to just see how do you feel in that room. I mean, you actually have a feeling, and we've experienced this all before, where you walk into a room and you just you feel good in the space, and then there's certain rooms that maybe kind of take your energy away, and we maybe don't pay attention to how we actually feel about that, but we're very you know intuitive people when we take a moment, and if we just stood in each room of our home and really just see how you feel in that space, you'd be amazed at what actually comes to you. And then if you just opened your eyes and you just kind of looked around and you just see, you know what, what inspires you in that room? Like what is it that you love about that room and that space? And what do you just really don't like? You know, and there's certain things that people will hang on to in their space because they maybe feel like they should. They received it as a gift or it was something that's been passed down in family or it's something that they paid a lot of money for. And there's just all these reasons and excuses of why certain people have things in their space but yet they know it doesn't inspire them. It doesn't make them feel good. So I always say when you've received something and it doesn't inspire you and it's something that doesn't really serve you or it doesn't resonate with you, you're actually not honoring that person that gave that to you or even if you paid the money yourself. And it would really be much better energy with that object to give it to someone who could really appreciate it. And that's where the gift actually continues to be given versus you holding it and it not serving you at all. Interesting, because I think a lot of people do hold on to things. Um, you know, we've gotten to the point, you know, we've consolidated a lot of houses with losing parents and grandparents and things like that, and you add more things, and you get to the point where just having things in boxes or in cupboards doesn't make any sense. So we've decided if we're not going to use it, then we're going to pass it on to someone who can. And instead of saving all those things for someday on a special occasion, we use them every day and make every day special. <laughs> 
absolutely. I do the exact same thing. I eat on my china and silver every day. Yeah. Interesting. And it does really shift your mindset because it brings back the memories and rather than just having things that are taking up space, they're things that you can really incorporate into your life. Right, right. You know, and it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, especially when you look at at, uh, keepsakes and things that have been passed down through families, I mean, you know, unless you actually really know the story about something and it has a special deep meaning, you know, a lot of times, you know, people in the family, they had certain things just because that's all they had. It wasn't that it had a really special meaning to them. And so, you know, a lot of times that can be challenging for people, especially when you lose close family members about initially you could want to hold on to everything because it's a memory of that person. However, it would really serve them better if you looked at the totality and said, you know what, what is it of theirs that even if it wasn't theirs, I love it and it really, you know, puts a smile on my face and I want it to be in my space. You know, that actually serves them more and you enjoy it more versus just hanging on to something because it belonged to somebody else. No, I absolutely, um, absolutely agree with you. Very, it's been fascinating. Uh, so tell me, how do you, um, how have you used what you do to really leverage your client base and to really expand your reach? Because that's one thing that a lot of, of coaches deal with when they're building their businesses and growing their businesses is a lot of things you do are one-on-one, but how have you been able to really leverage that and expand your reach? Great question. You know, one of the things is that I've noticed that, you know, most people have uh, a system and structure about what they do, but they haven't really captured it. And one of the things that, you know, I did and one of the things that I think that entrepreneurs can do is, you know, what are the things that they've done even just more than once, you know, because the way we do something and the way we tell someone something, that is our unique system. It's how we really teach and bring our gifts into the world. And so for me, you know, I looked at, and that's how I created the reset system. I looked at, you know, what was my process? What was it that I was having people do? What was the order I was having them do that? Mm -hmm. And so instead of spending my time, you know, really teaching that aspect over and over again, that's when uh, I did my, you know, my Diane Hoffman Academy. I have a virtual academy and I teach two courses in there. And one is my paper clutter solution. Uh, program, and that is really where I focus on just the paper aspect and the simple systems and structures that work for people in that. And then I also have my Clutter to Comp course, which is five modules that take people through their entire like home and space to be able to look at you know, how they can utilize the reset system in the different areas of their home, whether it's, you know, the bedroom, the office, the garage, you know, whatever those things are, so that they have those systems. And what's great for people is depending on their learning modalities, I've got, you know, some videos, some audio, some checklists, some things that really support how they learn. And it really leverages my time to be able to have them go through that. And then when they have their a lot of times I do it in combination with either personal coaching with me or I do some live calls uh, where I can support people on that as well. Um, in fact, I just recently started doing a Zoom call for my uh, clutter to calm clients where we actually, uh, once a month for a two-hour block, we actually all organize together because really getting that time on the calendar to really go through these things and be able to ask questions along the way um, has been a way that I can support people 
from a group way um, to really empower them to utilize the tools to, to do it on their own. That's um, interesting, very interesting. And I love blocking that time because I think so often we say we're going to do it and then life gets in the way and we don't get an opportunity to do that. Um, so I love that. So as we wind up our, our time together, it's gone so fast, can you talk just for a minute or so about um, email management? Because that was one of the things that um, you had mentioned you help people do. Because I know that's something we get so much as far as electronic email. And I know mine, it just keeps piling up. And I've got multiple accounts, which you know, most people do because you've got business and personal and, and different things. How do you keep it all organized? Right. You know, again, you know, it comes down to the system and how, how you're able to utilize it. And, you know, two quick things uh, is, one, unsubscribe. And it seems so simple to do, but people have this, you know, they call FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And you really have to ask yourself when something comes in, are you really going to read it? Are you really going to look at it? I mean, there's so many things that we could say, well, it would be nice to, to do that. Uh, however, we have to get really clear of how we're focusing our time and what it is that we're doing. So things that you know that you are not going to really look at, you, you want to unsubscribe and then you can do a, a group delete, that actually gets rid of, of hundreds if not thousands of emails. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is to create rules. So if you've got, uh, let's say there are certain newsletters or certain you know, clients or certain people that you, know, you really want to um, keep together what you get from them, you can create a rule where you actually have you know, your, your file system on the side of, of your uh, inbox where you can actually just have it automatically go into that folder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that way it's all grouped together and it makes it much easier to be able to find something. So the part where people kind of break down when it comes to that is that you you have to really utilize your calendar because mm-hmm. I always you know, teach people that your calendar is your mind in action. And so what you really need to do is be able to have time on your calendar, even if it's just a, you know, a 15, 20-minute block, to say, okay, I'm going to review the things that are my priorities, the things I'm going to spend time on, and really look at those things. Or you know, they just get lost in the process. So it's kind of a two-step system to, to be able to utilize that. Um, and then I, in my... Uh, paper clutter solution book, which actually people can grab that for free. It's just the paper clutter solution book.com. You know, it shows my action box, which are actually eight action files, which you can either have physically on your desk, <clears throat> excuse me, or uh, you can use them electronically in your calendar because it really focuses on what's the action I'm to be doing with this. Do I need to call them? Do I need to write them? Is this something I need to read? So we get really clear on what it is I need to do with this. Hmm. So I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to definitely download that. I know I've used unenroll.me. My challenge is there are so many that I have to get rid of that it gets overwhelming just to look at it. And um, as my husband passed me the note that says I need to get rid of 8,000 unread emails in one of my email accounts, um, you know, I need to, to – that's something I'm going to take on as, as my personal challenge. This has been fascinating. How can our listeners learn more about you or connect with you um, just to learn more about how they can get all this under control? Oh, thank you. Uh, well, you can always go to my website at dianehoffman.com. However, I think something that would really serve people is – 
I think having awareness around where people are at is really helpful. And so I have a quiz that takes four minutes that I think uh, would be really beneficial. And it's called the Clutter Awareness Quiz. And you can just go to theclutterawarenessquiz.com. And, you know, you really just are able to just go through this in four minutes to really have awareness around how your space is supporting you and seeing where you're, you're winning and doing well and where you might need uh, some support. And so if you want to be able to really step into your spa life and have all of your environments really support you in the kind of life that you want to live, it really starts with awareness. Well, thank you. And we will definitely put um, a link so that people can connect with you on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page. And as, as we end our time together, can you give our listeners just one um, piece of advice that they can use to help them just really build and scale their business and um, start taking control? Well, I would say that one thing is that systems set you free. You really need to have the systems. You know, the one-offs really don't support you in the scaling aspects of what it is that you need to do. You want to capture the things that you do more than once, the order that you do it in. It becomes your unique system, and then you can once package that together. And whether that's you do that in a virtual academy or, you know, in a group setting, when you're able to just teach people your particular system, you're able to impact more people at a time. That is a great um, tip to wrap up our conversation. Thank you so much for all of your sharing and for your time today. It's, uh, I know it's um, been enlightening for me. Well, it's been my pleasure. We need to take another quick break. When we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. 
You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about pricing and why it's so important to have different products at different price points. We have this conversation all the time and always get asked, how do I determine what to price my product or my course at? And people always say when we respond, well, what if no one will pay that? So I'm really excited about today's conversation. And I think a great place for us to start, Michael, is to talk about price points and why they're so important. They are important, and it's really important as your business grows that you have offerings at different price points for different audiences. When your business is new as a coach, you can have just one-on-one coaching, and that works fine. But as it starts to grow, as you start to get more and more busy, you want to start to expand your audience. And really the only way you can do that Uh, because you only have so many hours in the day for coaching and because there's only so many people out there that can pay whatever the price is you've set for your coaching, you you need to have products that appeal to entry-level, low-end, basic buyers, as well as medium and high-end buyers. So it's really important to have that wide range. It's also important to recognize that some clients will be working with you for the first time and so they're going to want a relatively simple straightforward solution that they can apply right away typically though as they work with you and they want to know more and more and get more and more interested in what your knowledge is what your experience is they're going to want more and more uh, advanced courses or advanced knowledge or uh, advanced uh, work with you in a more intimate way so that's going to be a little bit higher price point. So it's important to have that range. Well, and I think it's important to remind our listeners that when they're developing products, it's really important to have done that one-on-one coaching first because that's where you really understand what people are asking for and you really understand what your process is, which is one of the first steps to getting started to be able to then to leverage that. Yeah, it really is. And we've talked about that in other business builders that once you've done that coaching, once you've worked with actual clients, then you have a much better understanding of what resonates with them, what they need more explanation on, um, what they need to know in order to really achieve results. And then you can take that and package it up at different price points. And the important thing is to really recognize that you need to know the price point or the intended price point before you actually start to develop an offering. We have so many clients come to us and they want an e-course done, for example. And the first question we ask is, okay, that's great. We can do that. At what price point are you going to offer this? And they don't know. Well, as you can imagine, a course that's developed for a $99 price is going to be significantly different from a course that's developed for a $699 price. People that are investing more money are going to expect more value, more handholding, more information. They're going to expect a much richer experience. 
at the $99 price point, for example, their expectations for the, all of that are not nearly as high. That doesn't mean it's not as valuable. That may be all they need or all they can afford at that point in time, but their expectations are quite a bit lower than if they're paying six or seven or $800 for the course. No, absolutely. And the thing I love about the process that you take people through is you give them all the pieces, whether they're correct, whether they're putting together a $99 course or a $699 course, the key is making sure that the people that are taking your training are getting the results. And I think we sometimes, we know that that's what our intention is, but we don't always put everything together so they get that result. And if they don't get the result, they're not as likely to come back to you and say, I want more. The goal is after each step of your training is to have something you can take them to the next level and go deeper with you and learn more and build on what they've done to really launch their business. Absolutely. And, and what you just described, some people refer to as a PSPS strategy, where the letters stand for problem, solution, problem, solution. And what that really means is that each product you provide, each service you provide, should provide a solution for your clients, a solution to some problem that they have. But it also ideally should create another problem for them, which then a higher end uh, product that you have or service that you have provides the solution for. And then that creates another problem. So let me give you a couple of examples. One is um, we did some uh, work with a sales consultant and they were really a genius in the sales area and how to actually go out and engage with clients and turn those, or excuse me, engage with prospects and turn those prospects into clients. And they had a uh, online e-course that was recorded and that was a great solution. But once you had done that solution, some people were fine with that. They could go out and implement it. It was great. They got a lot of additional sales. Everything was fine. Other clients decided that even though that was great information, they wanted some handholding. They wanted some additional coaching. Their clients were a little different. They wanted to be able to try out some of the things they had learned in the course and then come back and get additional coaching on how to get over objections or how to position products the way that would be most advantageous. So that's a little bit higher end solution. So the initial e-course provided a solution. The new problem was they needed coaching. And that was another offering that this particular consultant offered. Um, another uh, example would be um, something that we do all the time where we create courses. We can have, we can coach people in how to create their own course, give them the templates, give them the structure, give them everything they need to go off and create it on their own. That solves the problem. But now there's another problem. They don't have the time to actually go out and do that. And we can do it much faster. So then we solve that problem by having a done for you approach. So we will take everything that they know about their topic. We'll then create the course for them. So it's again, it's a problem solution, problem solution approach. And I always challenge people because they say in the done for you solution, the first thing that comes to mind is I can't afford it. It's too expensive. And I would really challenge people to think about it differently. And I have this conversation over and over again is what is your time worth? Because we see people that said 
six, nine, 12 months ago that they were going to go create a course. And because it's not their area of expertise, they kept setting it aside and saying, I'll work on it later because other things come up for them. And if you can actually have someone do it for you, they can be out delivering that course in six weeks. So think of the revenue that you can be bringing in versus having another item on your to-do list that you're not getting done. It really makes a big difference in your end result. It absolutely does. And in fact, I when you were saying that, it might immediately went to someone we were talking with about developing an e-course and we began talking with her about it in January of this year and she said oh I absolutely it's one of my commitments I'm gonna do an e-course this year and we said hey great we can help you with that and she says no I have it well now it's October and she hasn't started yet we see her every month at a networking event and she keeps saying yeah I'm gonna start that next month well, now it's November or now it's October, as I said. So just think about it this way. If she could have created that course back in January or February or March of this year, um, she could have probably done the course twice now. And let's say she sold it for $300, probably a, what she was looking at was a lot more, but let's just say $300. And let's say she could have gotten 10 people into that course, again, a very conservative number. So $300 times 10 people times two sessions, that's $6,000 that she could have already made this year very conservatively, and she's still thinking about developing it. And I can tell you from our experience, developing that course, if you were to have a company like Turn Knowledge to Profit do it for you, it would be less than $6,000. A lot less. She could have already been in the black and making money every time she ran the course and she's still thinking about developing it. So it just makes no sense. She would have more than paid for it, doing it, you know, one time. So I think it's important for people to really just ask themselves, what's the best use of my time? So are there ideal price points for planned courses? Yeah, you know, the price points really depend on the business you're in, what your goals are, what your client's needs are. There's really a lot of variation, but in general, starting out, it's usually a good rule of thumb to have one entry-level course or one entry-level offering, and that's usually in the $100 to $400 range, somewhere in that. I would propose it's more on the high end of that at $399 or maybe even $499, something like that. And then have a middle level offering at the maybe $600 to $1,500 range. And then have a higher level offering above that, maybe at $2,000, $2,500, somewhere in that range. And that really gives just about anybody that you talk to at a networking event or at a speaking gig or anywhere you are, an option that will likely fit their investment uh, objectives and their need for for advancement or, or entry level. So if you have those three, you really can can really satisfy most everyone that you meet. Um, there's obviously other things you can do, but just starting out, don't make it too complicated. Start out with just a nice entry level, a nice mid level, and a high end level. And and then of course, as you gain experience and you gain clients. Um, and you gain testimonials, you can start to raise those prices up. But those are pretty good price ranges for starting out. 
Well, and I love the fact that you help people really put together their product strategy because there is a whole strategy behind it that I know we've talked about on a previous business builder. And I would invite everyone who's listening today to go to Facebook to our Turn Knowledge to Profit page and ask us your questions about developing products. And if you're ready to start developing your products or you are interested in putting together a strategy, set up a call with Michael and you can email him at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk, the number two, p.com. And get started developing your products. It is your pipeline to creating more profit and having a bigger impact, reaching those people who need and want to learn from you. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.